Good morning. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. My name is Christina Keast, and I will be your service leader this morning. As Unitarian Universalists, we are bound together not by a common set of beliefs, but by our promise to support one another in our individual searches for truth and meaning, guided by our principle and drawing from many sources. Reverend Rosemary would like to give some announcements now. Good morning. Let's see if you can do better this time. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, that's a little better. But, <laughs> thank you. Uh, some of you may have noticed that the cloakroom is blocked off. So the cloakroom is blocked off intentionally. We don't want you moving the furniture. Uh, and the reason is we want you to have your coats in here so that you will remember to exit uh, after the service. You can exit from here. We're noticing that people are gathering and kind of getting a bit too close to one another and then lingering in the vestibule foyer after the service. And so um, our hope is that we can keep COVID um, in our forefront of our minds and maintain that social distance that we need to maintain. We keep our masks on and, um, and we don't linger in the spaces close together. So, sucks. And hopefully, we'll start to see numbers come down and we can begin to relax a little bit. But until that happens, the numbers are so high right now that we, need, we, we just need to dig in a little bit more and a little bit longer. I lost sound. Oh, there's come back. Uh, the Startup Workshop, uh, February 12th and 19th, here or on Zoom in the, in the afternoons, 1 to 4. Um, third thing, if you're interested at all in helping with the food bank, we could still use some more volunteers. And of course, we always need more tech and greeters and things like that. So let, let me know if um, you'd like to participate in any of these things. There's no choice on the February 12th and 19th, though. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course, there's a cho choice. It's by invitation. But uh, So I hope you can block that off. February 12th and 19th. Christina? Now, let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Let us let go just for a time of the everyday world. We'll quiet ourselves, our phones, and our devices, and we'll create a space in this hour to simply be together. In the spirit of life and love, we gather. In order to focus ourselves for the service, I invite you to an opening time of reflection as we listen to the prelude, Imaginary Landscapes, from Karen Mills, that will start, mark the start of our service. We do hope you feel welcome here. Whatever you believe or don't believe, whoever you love, 
However you understand family, whatever your age, race, or ability, you are welcome here. We invite you to join us in a journey of free thought, spiritual questioning, and justice making for as long as you feel comfortable doing so. We expend a special welcome to any newcomers this morning. We begin our gathering by acknowledging that we are located on Treaty 6 territory. We respect the histories, languages, and cultures of the First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and all First Peoples of Canada, whose presence continues to enrich our vibrant community. Our community extends beyond the Sunday morning gathering. We have a monthly newsletter available online, and you can join our virtual community on Facebook and Twitter and keep up to date on happenings in our extended community. I would now like to call on our new Director of Religious Exploration, Oksana Atwood, to light the chalice. And the reading is by Deepak Chopra. Conscious change is brought about by the two qualities inherent in consciousness, intention and attention. Whatever you put your attention on will go stronger in your life. Whatever you take your attention away from will wither, disintegrate, and disappear. Please now open your charcoal hymnal to hymn number 347, Gather the Spirit. For our viewers joining us from home, the text for the hymns will appear on your screens. Stand as you are willing and able. Number 347, Gather the Spirit. If I, stand, if I stand here, can you see me online? I need a thumbs up from the camera person. There's a thumbs up. That's awesome. Thank you. And can you all hear me? Okay. I would like to announce, we've had a brief glimpse, but I'd like to announce that we have a Director of Religious Exploration. And I would like to invite Oksana Atwood up to just give us a hello and greeting and tell, tell us a little bit about her. Good morning. 
Good morning. <laughs> Our last song was so beautiful, and it ties in with what I wanted to share just briefly, which is that the first time I came to this church was the Flower Communion. And what a celebration to be welcomed into the community. It was just beautiful. And since then, my family and I have had several celebrations here. We've seen my oldest son, Astral, run around with joy and enthusiasm with Lauren and then Will. Uh, my youngest son, Freddie, had his dedication ceremony here, and that was a celebration. And just this last summer, my husband and I got married, and our vows were, from you I receive to you I give. <laughs> so the celebration continues. But I know that religious exploration and spiritual reflection don't just happen in times of celebration. They happen in times of sadness and grief, like when we mark Blue Monday. They happen in darkness and confusion, like these last two years of the pandemic. <clears throat> now, I have about 10 years experience working in mental health and double that working with young people of all ages. But it wasn't until the degree that I'm in, a master's in psychotherapy and spirituality, that I realized that the holistic well person has not just physical health and not just mental health, but spiritual health as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to be able to facilitate that for our young people. Thank you for giving me the space and your trust to be able to do that, because this is where I find my passion, my joy, and my flow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to be working with Oksana over the next many years. I'm sure that we will do, she will do some wonderful things. I would like to read this little book. I don't know, when I was beginning to prepare this service, this book just came into my mind. As, is, am I on? Yep, okay. This little book came into my mind. It was given to my daughter years and years and years ago, and I read it at my mom's 90th birthday, which was a long time ago as well. She died in 2009 at the age of 92, so it was, it was a little while ago. If You're Not from the Prairie, by David Bouchard and images by Henry Ripplinger. How many know this little book? If You're Not from the Prairie, not, not a lot of you. It's kind of a poem, and I'm going to leave it up here if anyone wants to look at the images afterwards. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know the sun. You can't know the sun. Diamonds that bounce off crisp winter snow. Warm waters in dugouts and lakes that we know. The sun is our friend from when we are young. The child of the prairie is part of the sun. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know the sun. And I know you can't really see the pictures, but I'm going to show them to you anyway. Because they're beautiful. So please, if you have a chance, come and have a look. One at a time, six feet apart. <laughs> I really hate COVID. Just saying. If you are not from the prairie, you don't know the wind. You can't know the wind. Our cold winds of winter cut right to the core. Hot summer wind devils can blow down the door. As children, we know when we play any game, the wind will be there. Yet we play just the same. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know the wind. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know the sky. You can't know the sky. The bold prairie sky is clear, bright, and blue, though sometimes cloud messages give us a clue. Monstrous gray mushrooms can hint of a storm, or painted pink feathers say goodbye to the warm. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know the sky. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know what's flat. You've never seen flat. When travelers pass through across our great plain, they all view our home, they all say the same. It's simple. It's flat. 
They've not learned to see that particular beauty that's now part of me. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know flat. If you're not from the prairie, you've not heard the grass. You've never heard grass. I'm sure we were all imagining when we were children lying in a wheat field. I know I am. In strong summer winds, the grains and grass bend and sway to a dance that seems never to end. It whispers its secrets. They tell of this land and the rhythm of life played by nature's own hand. If you're not from the prairie, you've never heard grass. So you're not from the prairie, and yet you know snow? You think you know snow. Blizzards bring danger, as legends have told. In deep drifts we roughhouse, ignoring the cold. At times we look out at great seas of white, so bright that this is the sun that we squeeze our eyes tight. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know snow. Trying hard not to lick my fingers. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know our trees. You can't know our trees. The trees that we know have taken so long to live through our seasons, to grow tall and strong. They're loved and they're treasured. We watched as they grew. We knew they were special. The prairie has few, except in the north. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know our trees. Still, you're not from the prairie, and yet you know cold. You say you've been cold. Do you know what to do to relieve so much pain of burning deep from deep down that drives you insane? One particular day, tobogganing comes to mind. Your ears and your hands right into your toes. A child who's been cold on the prairie will know of all of those memories we share when we're old. None are more clear than the hard, bitter cold. You'll not find among us a soul who can say, I've conquered the wind on a cold winter's day. If you're not from the prairie, you don't know the cold. You've never been cold. If you're not from the prairie, you just don't know me. You can't know me. You see, my hair's mostly wind. My eyes filled with grit. My skin's red or brown. My lips chapped and split. Okay, I gave in. I licked my fingers. I've lain on the prairie and heard grasses sigh. I've stared at the vast open bowl of the sky. I've seen all those castles and faces in clouds. My home is the prairie, and I cry out loud, if you're not from the prairie, you don't know my soul. You don't know our blizzards. You've not fought our cold. You can't know my mind, nor ever my heart, unless deep within you there's somehow a part. A part of these things what, that I've said that I know, the wind sky and earth, the storms and the snow. Best say you have, and then we'll be one. For we will have shared the same blazing sun. Maybe you can see that. And I think the prairie got into me. I grew up, I was in northern Saskatchewan until I was 10. And so... I remember lots of times. It was, it's colder there, <laughs> northeast of Saskatoon, than it is here a lot of the times. And I remember being outside all day long playing in the snow and be like minus 30 and it was fine. But my arms were out to here and I wondered why people, if I waved to them, they couldn't see me. But I had a scarf here and a scarf here just and as we all have experienced. Well, one summer I spent, the, uh, one year I spent the summer, I think I was 12 or 13 with my aunt and uncle and their passel of kids in Humboldt, Saskatchewan on their wheat farm. 
And that's when the prairie got into me, lying in the, in the fields of canola and listening to it and playing in it and lying there and watching the, the northern lights and the amazing stars. And I think that's the summer that I, that the prairie got into me and never left. And so if you're not from the prairie, but you are. So that's awesome. I'll leave this book here, near and dear to my heart. And um, I hope you enjoyed the story. And now we will sing hymn number 1000 and help me out here, 58. Be ours a religion. So these are words by Theodore Parker, uh, one of our people. And uh, apparently it's not familiar to you folks, but um, hopefully we'll sing it through two or three times. Let's just say three times. And then we'll hopefully get a feel for it. Maybe could you run it through, through, through once for us. Thank you, Karen. entirely self-governing and self-supporting. One of the privileges of our free church tradition is to provide all the financial support from our many, for our many ministries from among ourselves. Generosity, therefore, is one of the spiritual values we recognize as central to our personal and institutional well-being. In addition to supporting this church community, we also make a monthly commitment beyond our walls. One half of the unidentified cash that is received is given to an outside organization. Some are no local, some national, and some international. For the month of February, we are sharing... <laughs> for the month of January, and I still hope this is correct, yeah. we are sharing our abundance with Change for Children. <laughs> for 45 years, Change for Children has promoted health and human rights by championing creative solutions to poverty through sustainable development. Offering plates are located at each of the exits. Those in the sanctuary may leave a donation at the end of the service. For those of you online, we encourage you to visit the Change for Children website and make a donation there. We thank you for your generosity and support. With our time, our talents, and our money, we support the work of the community and this Unitarian Universalist tradition. Now let us join in singing through twice from You I Receive. Going the right way. 
There we go. As we move into a time of meditation, I just want to point out something that the, the world has lost two very significant spiritual leaders in the last little while. And, and just to keep that in our, our hearts and minds, um, losing uh, Desmond Tutu, Archbishop Desmond Tutu a few weeks ago, and then Thich Nhat Hanh uh, just this weekend. It grieved my heart. Um, what a, um, an amazing example he was to us that we can say, one of the things I read about him was like, um, people could say, well, you know, my life is just too chaotic right now. I can't meditate. I can't do this. I can't live intentionally. I can't be mindful. And this was a man who meditated, who was mindful while the bombs were dropping in Vietnam, while there was crisis there. And he was an example for us as to how to live our lives. So as we begin our meditation and we hold these world spiritual leaders in our heart, I would like to just ask us to do a little bit of grounding um, as we have been doing. So just to take a couple of deep breaths with me and maybe we could bring the lights down just a little bit. It would be lovely if we can't, could. Um, take a couple of deep cleansing breaths. Thank you. And feel the chair you are in supporting you, holding you. And your feet on the floor or the couch, the bed of your home, joining us from the comfort of your home. Let yourself sink into that. Notice the air coming into your body and then releasing. Just take notice of it. Allow that air to move through your body to find wherever spots you have that are tense, filled, or ill at ease. Breathe into them, give, it a, give yourself a wiggle. Our meditation words are from the Tao Te Ching. I'm going to read them three times, and then we're going to sing, We Begin in Love, hymn 1037. And I will repeat the words for you that you need to say or sing. The highest good is like water from the Tao Te Ching. The highest good is like water. Water gives life to the 10,000 things and does not strive. It flows in rejected places and so is like the Tao. In dwelling, be close to the land. In meditation, go deep in the heart. In dealing with others, be gentle and kind. In speech, be true. In ruling, be just. In business, be competent. In action, watch the timing. The highest good is like water. Water gives life to the 10,000 things and does not strive. It flows in rejected places and so is like the Tao. In dwelling, be close to the land. In meditation, go deep into the heart. In dealing with others, be gentle and kind. In speech, be true. In ruling, be just. In business, be competent. In action, watch the timing.
The highest good is like water. Water gives life to the 10,000 things and does not strive. It flows in rejected places. And so is like the Tao. In dwelling, be close to the land. In meditation, go deep into the heart. In dealing with others, be gentle and kind. In speech, be true. In ruling, be just. In business, be competent. In action, watch the timing. In just a few moments of silence. Our meditation hymn is hymn number 1037. I will read the narrator part, and then you will sing, We forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. And when we are finished singing this hymn, we're going to have our pebbles of joy and concern. So Karen, after we sing this, be a couple moments of silence, and then Karen will begin playing something to lead us into the pebbles. I ask that you line up on this side and come through this way and then back to your seats. So along there, and drop the pebble into the water if you so choose to do a pebble this morning. Okay? For remaining silent when a single voice would have made a difference. We forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For each time that our fears have made us rigid and inaccessible, For each time we struck out in anger without cause. Give ourselves and each other, we begin again in love. For each time that our greed has blinded us to the needs of others. For the selfishness that sets us apart and alone. For falling short of the admonitions of the Spirit. For losing sight of our unity. For those, and for so many acts, both evident and subtle, which have fueled the illusion of separateness. We forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. Let's just take a couple of breaths, and then, if you so choose, 
I invite you to drop a pebble in the spirit of flow. Thank you, Christina, for dropping some pebbles for all of our hearts, desires, spoken, unspoken, conscious, and not yet in our consciousness. Intention, flow to your heart's content. So this service was originally going to be reflections on our, on our startup workshop, which didn't happen because of the increase in COVID. So I quickly changed gears. And so I was at this webinar a few weeks ago, put on by the Interim Ministry Network, and it was called Flow, Alone, and together. And I went, aha, there's my service. There I learned more about something that perhaps many of us know about, that state of consciousness, that state of consciousness where time fades away. We don't notice whether we're hungry or thirsty. We become immersed in the activity we are enjoying so very much. We've all experienced this state of being at one time or another in our lives. The positive social psychologist, Mihail Csikszentmihalyi, coined the term flow in his best-selling book published first in 1990. It's called Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. The New York Times book review is quoted on the cover as saying, the psychology of optimal experience. 
important. Illuminates the way to happiness. During this webinar that I attended a couple of weeks ago, the pres presenters talked about how flow is both a personal goal and more importantly for us, the idea is mihai chiksem mihai. I have practiced that a lot. The, the, the idea is mihai chiksem mihai developed can be extrapolated into increasing happiness in groups. We're a group. What a great topic for us as a congregation to learn about. How to be happier individually and as a group. I'm all for happy. If it's not fun, I, don't try, I try not to do it. That's my motto. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I do lots of things that aren't fun, unfortunately. So I, I bought the book. And even though, do not let the size of this little book fool you. It is a tome. The words in it are minuscule, minuscule, and the pages are thin. And I'm waiting, but I'm waiting through the book. I've watched many TED Talks, read many articles, and then circled back again. And my big takeaway, we have the power to be happier and more effective. However, we have to be intentional about it. And we have to put work into it. Mike Opland in Positive Psychology states, want to increase your well-being, creativity, and productivity? If so, you might wish to cultivate flow, a concept describing those moments when you're completely absorbed in a challenging but doable task. Csikszentmihalyi considered is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi considered one of the founders of positive psychology, was the first to identify and research flow. The quote continues: "The best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times, the times spent playing Angry Birds on my phone, for example. I love Angry Birds." <laughs> I can't keep it on my phone, though, otherwise I will play it too much. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. End of quote. Cheek sent me high. Starts out with the premise that happiness is not brought about by more money or objects. There's been a lot of research that says that once you get to a certain amount, which is somewhat over the, you know, to being comfortable, people aren't happier. The more money you get, the happier, happier you are not. However, people report being happy when engaged in an activity that causes them to be challenged, but not too challenged producing a sense of flow. This is sometimes described as ecstasy. Csikszentmihalyi quotes a successful composer experiencing flow. You are in an ecstatic state to such a point that you feel as though you almost don't exist. I have experienced this time and again, he says. My hand seems devoid of myself, and I have nothing to do with what is happening. I just sit there, watching in a state of awe and wonderment, and the music just flows out of itself. End of quote. We've all experienced flow. I have, believe it or not, I've gotten into decorating cookies, and I can start decorating cookies and hours go by, or sewing, or playing Bach on the piano, or writing. What are some examples when you have experienced flow? If you're online, I invite you to pop some ideas into the, the, into the chat. This isn't a rhetorical question. This is an actual question. What are some examples when you have experienced flow, when you've entered into that, that consciousness of time disappearing, or 
just so into it that you, you can't even, you're hungry and you don't even know it. Anybody? Just one at a time, put your hands up. Judy, and then I'm going to repeat it back into the mic so that everybody can hear. Judy? Performing rituals as a, as a witch. Audrey? At the full moon, she cleans house. Okay. Um, if you were Lila's, you would be something else. Okay. Brenda. Knitting brings you that. Crochet used to some. Did I saw Susan. In the garden. I saw a hand over here. Marilyn. Drawing. Time disappears when Marilyn is involved in a serious drawing project. Robert. Uh, my daily walks through the valley. Daily walks through the valley. Yeah. And that's one of the things that the research is stay, says, that the more we time we spend in nature, uh, the more um, ability we have to go into flow into that state. It's one of the prerequisites. Is there anything on the, um, I'll get right back, right to you, Mark. Um, is there anything on uh, the chat that we could bring up? Qu Teaching my horse or dog something new, yeah. Running, running, rowing, walking. Writing reports. I want to figure out how you love doing that. Whoever that is, talk to me. I need to know. <laughs> Not my favorite thing. A, a class in Japanese birch art. We're going to leave it there because I just looked at the time. I, can, I do go on. Okay. Thank you. We'll have a chance to talk again in, um, in, a, in a few minutes, but I'm going to talk now. Thank you so much for your participation online and here in the, in the sanctuary. The interesting thing that I've come across is that we can control our lives in such a way as to, an in, as to intentionally increase the amount of time we achieve this desired state of consciousness. Cheek sent me high studies have brought him to the conclusion that with effort, we can control how much happiness we have in our lives. And he has taken into consideration things like poverty, incarceration, war, people in concentration camps, for example. And we can create this internal state that allows for the optimal performance. In the webinar that I took, they talked about how we need to be at body balance. This helps with achieving flow. Doesn't mean we have to have these in order to achieve flow, but we can achieve it more easily if we have a body balance. And when I say these three things, these things, these three things, think about how, and I haven't, I'm not going there in this, in this sermon, but think about how as a group or a congregation we achieve body balance. So those three things are to be well rested, well nourished, and having some movement or an outdoor time, so some exercise or enough exercise. And I agree, I, I have a hard time getting enough exercise, it's hard. And now here are the eight characteristics of flow, but first I'll repeat those three things. Body balance, well rested, six to eight hours of sleep a night, well nourished, nutrient dense, nutrient -dense diet, and having some exercise. The characteristics of flow. Complete concentration on the task. Clarity of goals and reward in mind and immediate feedback. Transformation of time. Time speeds up. Time slows down. The experience is intrinsically rewarding. It's not extrinsic. So the reward is not outside of ourselves, but inside of ourselves. We are creating the drive to do it. Effortlessness and ease. There is a balance between challenge and skills, and that's an important one. Actions and awareness are merged, losing self-conscious rumination. So those awful negative tapes in our heads, they quit. And there is a feeling of control over the task. 
About 10 or 12 years ago, I went through a transformative time and fell into the habit of writing poetry. I mean, I wrote a lot of poetry, hundreds of poems that year. About 10 of them are any good. And the ones that are pretty good are the ones in which I got out of the way of the writing, somewhat like that musician talks about. I entered into this state of flow, and like the musician, my fingers were typing words that I was not consciously putting on the page. The words flowed out of me. Cheeks I Send Me High talks about how this state of flow actually produces ecstasy. The origin of the word simply means to get out of our own way, to step aside. In flow, that's what we're doing. We are getting out of our own way, and instinct takes over. I've mentioned this before, but it's a very important point. Tasks or activities that invite us into flow are things that are neither too easy nor too hard. So there needs to be some challenge, but the challenge has to be attainable. We have to work for it. And we have to believe we can be successful. If it's too hard, we give up. If it's too easy, we become bored. There is so much on this subject. I feel like I've discovered a pirate's hidden treasure. There are ideas here that I have begun incorporating into my life a little bit. And I encourage you to do your own research into this concept, as it can only aid you in becoming a happier and more productive person. As an aside, when I was directing and coordinating outdoor camps for the United Church of Canada, this concept was embedded into decisions that we made for the activities for the kids. If we wanted the kids to be happy and feel good about themselves, we, we taught them skills and gave them op opportunities for success. People find happiness in being productive and honing skills. It's been proven over and over. And I will never get tired of seeing the delight in a child's face when they arrive at that aha moment. I can do this. Well, let's stop there. That's, um, I will stop talking about it in that way. I think we all get it, and I, hopefully I haven't belabored this point too much. We've thought about how flow looks like for the individual. But how does a group, how do we get into flow together? We've all been in meetings that seem to take forever. And we've been in meetings or activities with others when the time flies by. A few come to mind for me, personally. I used to go to contra dance and English country dance. Looking for dance here. I haven't seen any English country dance. Anybody knows of any? Please let me know. When I was there, the time flew by. I was learning constantly, and I was having the best time. Other times, I have been in meetings where the time flew by. Creativity was flowing, and it was fun. In fact, I was at a meeting not long ago when this happened. A couple of the people that were in that meeting with me are in this room. So it can happen here. It already has. So what do you think are some of the prerequisites for a group to get into flow together? This is, again, not a rhetorical question. If you're online, please pop your ideas into the chat. So what do you think needs to happen in a group like ours for flow to happen together, for us to be in a room together, to be doing something, and flow happens? We become ecstatic. We become time disappears. Can you think of any of the prerequisites for that? We won't take too long because, again, the time. Gordon? Letting go of ego. Letting go of ego. Marilyn? Trust. trust. Mutual trust. Mutual trust. Any, take two more answers from here if there is another one. Is there any up happening up there, Mike? Uh, purposeful. purposeful. Honesty. Honesty. Excellent. We'll leave it there. Reverend Arlen Vernava, a transitional ministry specialist and scholar of the concept of flow, states that for an organization or individual to move into flow, 
First of all, it or they need to be comfortable in their own skin. I guess that means we need to feel good about who we are, what we stand for, and what we are doing. The organization or congregation is clear about its identity and goals, is feeling competent and skillful, and is up to the challenge laid before it. Of course, Reverend Vernava points out, as we move from individual to team to whole organization, flow becomes complicated with the exponential growth of interpersonal connections. In other words, flow for an organization or congregation becomes more difficult or perhaps more complicated the more folks make up the group. So when there's two people, there's two relationships. When there's three people, there's six. It becomes exponential. Four, 16, exactly. I see some nods. For flow to happen then in an organization or congregation, each person on the team needs to be clear about their goals, what they bring to their task, purpose, we heard, and, the, and what they need to be clear about what the goal is and what the goals are. In, in, conversely, if there isn't mutual trust and respect within the group or team, that sense of flow will be beyond the reach of the team. It just can't happen. Therefore, trust building is a key component to an organization becoming engaged, challenged, skilled, and vibrant. Trust is built through listening to one another, putting away our egos, having agency or influence on the organization. So we need to have some personal power. That's not ego, but we need to know that what we say matters. And for each person on the team to having basic respect for themselves and each other. Oof. I'm not going to get through all this. I'm just going to take a sec. So what would it look like for us as a congregation to begin to build the trust that needs to happen so that we can move forward? Where are we moving forward to, though? Well, I, I don't really know, and that's something we have to figure out together. How are we going to begin answering the questions of our ministry together, the important one, ones? Who are we? Who are our neighbors, and what are we called to do? We're going to be engaging in a process next month during our startup workshop on the afternoons of the 12th and the 19th, and that will help us begin to answer those questions. I wonder, though, if between now and then we all need to do some intentional work around practicing getting into flow. How do we do that? We need to look after ourselves. Limit distractions when we're wishing to get into flow. Engage in activities that challenge us but are attainable. And most importantly, trust in our abilities enough to allow ourselves to immerse and engage. Could be anything from trying out a new recipe to learning a new dance move. Being intentional. Trusting yourself. So what about us as a congregation? Let's begin by building more trust between and among us. As I've said before, the best way to do that is to engage in deep listening. Oh, that's part that I, let, I missed out, sorry. So to do that first, we need to engage in deep listening with one another. Even though I am loath to suggest another Zoom activity, I think we need to begin building on the trust that is already in this system. Starting in the 1st of February, I will open up a Zoom room and have a topic for us to discuss. The topics are just grist for the mill. An opportunity for us to engage in learning how to go deep and to do intentional listening with one another. This is the skill we need. Every congregation needs to develop and continually hone if they wish to begin making a difference. We need this skill if we are going to begin to answer those important questions. Who are we? Who is our neighbor? And what are we called to do? And I'm learning along with you. We are in this ministry together. 
and I don't have all the answers. But I do know this, without a mission and a vision, we will never be able to answer those questions. We need to be able to answer this question at every decision point we make. Does this help us fulfill the mission of the congregation? We also need to be able to point to a vision, an attainable goal that we can intentionally and carefully work toward. I'm not making this up. This is congregational life theory and theology at its core. First, though, let's do some skill building. We need to trust one another and feel comfortable in our own skin. My challenge to each and every one of you is this. What are you going to do to increase the amount of flow in your own life? And then in ways, and then in what ways are you willing to contribute to making flow happen as a congregation? I will give you opportunities to participate, to learn, to experience flow. My hope and prayer is that you take me up on them. Doing church is not a spectator's sport. Flow only happens when you immerse yourself in the task. May we delight in this work we do together. May we set attainable goals. And may we begin to see how amazing we are and revel in our own limitless possibilities. So may it be. Amen. And how are we going to do that? We're going to listen to the Spirit. And when the Spirit says do, we're going to do, O Lord. That's the words for this next song, 1024. When the Spirit says do. Apparently, this is not terribly familiar either. So if you wouldn't mind playing it through again once, Karen. We'll just do, um, I don't know, two or three go-throughs of it. It's a zipper song, so you can, it can go on and on and on. So we're going to, when you got to do when the Spirit says do, and we're going to sing when the Spirit says sing, and dance when the Spirit says dance, and then back to do. And that's all we'll do for this morning.
And now I'll call up oh, and now I'll call up Oksana, sorry, to, to extinguish the flame. Oh, I am so sick of these masks. Done. And the words are the daring of our intentions by Reverend Scott Taylor. May we dare to live from the center of our being when we make our own may we make our own choices before others' choices make us. May we make our, may the fire that burns in our being light our way. May our collective intention make the world shine anew. The roots of a lasting relationship are mindfulness, deep listening, and loving speech, and a strong community to support you. Go in peace, gentle people. Go in peace. Amen. And now let's stand and face one another and sing our linking song, Carry the Flame. And remember when we are finished to not linger and get in each other's spaces. Thank you. I know, that's so hard.